during the reigns of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed or conquered. It will crush all these kingdoms into nothingness, and God's kingdom will stand forever. Welcome to the end. The planet we call home right now is currently a very stressful place to live. Thanks to COVID-19, Australian economists are expecting unemployment to surge to 12% in the coming months. The International Monetary Fund has declared that this crisis that we are currently entering into is the worst economic crisis that we have seen since the Great Depression. Perhaps the words of an economics professor at the New York University, his name is Lawrence White, he put it well when he said this. He said it took three and a half years from August of 1929 to March of 1933 to go from robust full employment to the depths of the Great Depression. It looks like we're going to get there in less than three and a half months. Wow, these are stressful times to be living in and the constant barrage of negative news lines that rush past our eyes every single day make these times even harder to escape or harder to cope with. Is there a solution? These times will take a toll on our physical and mental health. Does the Bible offer to you and I rest from the restless world that we live in? Does God have a solution to cope with stress? He does. Yes, I have good news for you. There is an escape. Jesus claims to be the God of rest. In fact, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, he said this, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Do you need rest? Come to Jesus. He says that he can give this to you. Every year, people spend millions of dollars on stress-relieving drugs when all they really need is Jesus. Jesus invites you to stop, revive, and survive with him, to come away from the busy rat race of this life and spend quality, refreshing time in his presence. Does that sound good to you? Sounds pretty good to me, but guess what? It gets even better than just this. You see, wherever there is design, there has to be a designer. And wherever there is intelligent design, there has to be an intelligent designer. The Bible tells us that our world was created by an intelligent designer. And certainly as you look around, you can't argue with that. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. In six days, God created everything that we see around us in this world. He, he filled the heavens with the sun, the moon, and the stars. He carpeted the earth with green and with trees and flowers. He made all the animals that teem on, on the land and, and in sea. And then, of course, having saved the best for last, he made man. And the very best for last, he made woman. I'm just kidding. But woman was made after man. Now, God made us in his image. That means we have dignity, not deity, because we are created after his own likeness. Then, the Bible tells us, after six days of creating, God saw everything that he had made, and he said, behold, it was very good. And I love this thought, because if God could do that with just six days, if God can create this world in six days, think of what he could do with your life. But God wanted to leave a legacy of love for the human family. And so in Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, we find him doing something extra special. Notice what the Bible says. 
It says, And God rested on the seventh day, and did his work which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because on it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. And on the seventh day, God rested. Ah, friends, was God tired? No, God doesn't get tired. Actually, the Bible says God never even has to sleep. This was not a rest of exhaustion, but a rest of satisfaction. Friends, the Bible's telling you right here that God was happy. He was fulfilled with what he had created. And by the way, he wants for you to be happy as well. And the word for rest, when the Bible says God rested, it comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat. And that simply appears elsewhere in the Bible as the word Sabbath. This is powerful. Our seven-day week, it actually has its origins way back in the creation story. The Sabbath was made by God and first kept by God. Notice too that God blessed the seventh day and he sanctified the seventh day. The word blessed literally means to make happy. The Sabbath is the most blessed day of God because it's also the happiest day of the week. That's what God intended for it to be. And the word sanctify, well, what does that mean? It means to set apart for a holy purpose. In marriage, a husband and wife are set apart for each other. And so too, the seventh day was set apart by God as a special gift, a sacred gift of eternal love from him to the human race. He didn't bless, rest, or sanctify any other day. No, it was just this one, because this day was to be a commemoration of his creation. Now, you can get a blessing every day when you worship God. But he did not bless every day like he blessed the seventh day. His special blessing, it rests on the seventh day, which means you can't really say one day is just like another. No, not at all. If you want to get a Sabbath blessing, God's special blessing, then you can only get it on the seventh day. I heard someone put it like this. Suppose I had seven Bibles and I decided that I would put a thousand dollars and hundred dollar notes in the seventh Bible. I would put it here and I said to myself, I'm going to give to someone a special blessing. Well, you could get a blessing from reading any of the Bibles, but the special blessing would only be in the Bible I put it in, right? And so it is with the Sabbath. God put his special blessing on the seventh day. And so the Sabbath is this constant reminder of where we came from, that you and I were made by a loving God. You can't be an atheist and keep the Sabbath because you have this constant reminder that you were created by God. And you say, well, Sharissa, that's nice, but isn't the Sabbath a Jewish thing? And I'm glad you asked that question. To that, I would ask this, are the Jews the only ones who need rest? Of course, we know in our world today, we all need rest. That's why Jesus says this in Mark chapter 2, verses 27 and 28. He says, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. Jesus says the Sabbath is an everybody thing. Just like the gift of marriage. Marriage is an everybody thing gift. It's not just the Jews that are, are able to experience 
experience the joy of marriage. God gave that gift to everyone. And so the Sabbath is God's gift to mankind. 2,300 years even before the Jewish race existed as a memorial of God's creation and to remind us of his love for us. The Sabbath doesn't belong to the Jews. The Sabbath belongs to Jesus. In fact, does Jesus still think it's important? Does God still want us to keep the Sabbath? Check this out. If you and I go to where God gave the Ten Commandments, it's in the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 20. As you read through that beautiful law of God, you come to the fourth commandment in verse 8, and it says this, verses 8 through 11, God says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son nor your daughter, nor your male servant nor your female servant, nor your cattle nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. God was so serious about our need for resting in him that he went right ahead and he placed this Sabbath commandment right here in the heart of his Ten Commandments. This means that the Sabbath, just like the rest of God's law, is of eternal significance and it is changeless. In fact, in Psalm 19 verse 7, the psalmist said, The law of the Lord is perfect. If something is perfect, by definition, nothing can be added to it or taken from it because it's perfect. You don't need to fix it. And so it is with God's law and the Sabbath. The Sabbath is in God's top 10 list of priorities for loving obedience and how you can experience abundant life in Jesus Christ. God's commandments are multiple choice. God began this commandment also with a very important word that he didn't use on any of the others. What was that word? He said, remember. When God tells you to remember something, that means it's very important. You know it's important. And yet, surprisingly, the Sabbath commandment today seems to be the one that is most easily forgotten in our world. It's like God knew that humanity would have a tendency to forget this one. They would, that humanity would have a tendency to forget him. And he knew that down through time, the devil would try to attack this commandment and try to lead people away from remembering the Sabbath, the genuine Sabbath. You see, some people say, well, I don't need the Sabbath commandment because I like to worship God every day. And praise God, like we said before, you should worship God every day. But God only asked us to keep one day holy. And we can't keep every day like the Sabbath. God says on the Sabbath you shouldn't work. He says work six days and rest on the seventh. If we kept every day like that, that wouldn't be holy. It would be lazy. God wants us to work. And so we can see that the enemy has been trying to attack this 
law. Satan knows that God has infused tremendous blessing and significance in the Sabbath commandment. Listen to what God says of this in in Ezekiel chapter 20 verse 12. He says, moreover also I gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between me and them that they might know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them according to God. When we keep the Sabbath, we are demonstrating four wonderful things. Number one, we show that we believe and trust in God who is our creator. The Sabbath openly rejects theories of evolution. We are not the result of blind chance. You are not, you and I are not over advanced fungi hurtling through cold and meaningless space. The Bible tells us we were made by God and the Sabbath is a day to worship and celebrate who God is. Point number two, when I keep the Sabbath, it demonstrates that I believe that God is the one who works out my salvation and not me. You see, the Sabbath is our weekly reminder that our salvation is a free gift from God. Salvation is God's work, not mine. It's a sign, not of righteousness by works, but of righteousness by faith in Jesus. Point number three, when we keep the Sabbath, it reminds us that God sanctifies us. That is, he has taken upon himself the personal responsibility of making us holy as well. As we spend time with Jesus, he makes us more like him. And that brings me to my fourth and final point on this. When we keep the Sabbath, it shows our loyalty to God. As we keep the Sabbath, it shows we have chosen to worship God exclusively and supremely. And by the way, since the biblical day ends at sunset and begins at sunset, the Sabbath begins at at a sunset time and it ends at a sunset time. And I'll tell you just when in a moment. Was the Sabbath important to Jesus? Oh, absolutely. Have a look at Luke chapter 4, verse 16. The Bible says he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, that's another way of saying as his habit was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Oh, friends, if it's good enough for Jesus, it ought to be good enough for us too. He showed us how we should keep the Sabbath. He went to church. He went to a worship service on the Sabbath. And by the way, as you read the Gospels, you will find that Jesus performed more miracles on the Sabbath than he did on any other day. That's incredible. Does your family need a miracle? Come, worship God on the Sabbath. Do you need a miracle? Come, worship God on the Sabbath. There is a special blessing on this day. In fact, Listen to what Isaiah chapter 58 verses 13 and 14 says about this. This is God speaking. He says, If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Friends, the Sabbath. This is God's strategy for stress relief. In a world that's learned how to make a living but not a life. 
God has promised that when you and I embrace this beautiful gift in our own life, He has promised to fill this day with special blessing if we will delight ourselves in His love. The Sabbath is a day when you and I can forget about the stress around us. We don't have to read the news, leave the emails, leave everything that smacks of work and just bask in God's presence. Relationships are developed in the crucible of time. We know that. And so it is with God. God has set aside this special time for us to develop this beautiful relationship with him and to share this beautiful relationship with him. You may have heard this before, but a recent university study revealed that the average American father spends just 38 seconds of quality time with his kids every single day. That's pretty shocking. And so in a world where our most important relationships, they are competing for our time and attention, God has provided a wonderful opportunity, not just for us to worship Him, but for us to worship Him together with our family and friends, to come aside and read God's Word and to pray together, to get out into God's great outdoors and experience anew His creation on the Sabbath. And of course, if every country on earth was keeping the Sabbath like God calls and commands us to do, there would be no war because the Sabbath is God's universal sign of peace. It brings and offers us meaning and purpose and relief from stress in this life. And friends, if Jesus thought it was important and if he is our example in all things, then this is what you and I should be doing. He's left for us this wonderful, perfect example, and we should follow in his steps. This is exactly why Paul and the disciples, by the way, they followed Jesus in his practice of Sabbath keeping as well. In fact, the early Christian church were Sabbath keepers. According to Acts chapter 18, verse 4, the Bible says, And he, and this is speaking of Paul, reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. And this is just one, by the way, of many verses that you can find in the book of Acts that demonstrate to us that Paul and the disciples, they valued the Sabbath and they kept it even after the ascension of Jesus. So I know you're all asking this very important question. Which day is the day that you and I should be setting aside for Jesus? Well, the wonderful thing is the Bible tells us Not only did Jesus keep the Sabbath perfectly and consistently throughout his entire life, but as we come to the closing scenes of his life, they tell us something also. Notice what the Bible says in Luke chapter 23, verse 54. We know that Jesus died on a Friday because of this. It says, that day was the preparation and the Sabbath drew near. Why was Friday called the preparation day? Because for the Jews, the Friday was the day to prepare for the special day of the Sabbath. Notice verse 56 of the same chapter. Then they returned and and prepared spices and fragrant oils, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the tradition. Is that what the Bible says? No. It says according to the commandment. Who's, who is the Bible speaking of right here? Speaking of the women that had come to embalm the body of Jesus. 
This is incredible. The women who came, they saw the Sabbath to be of such sacred importance that they would not embalm the body of the Son of God during its sacred hours. They decided they would wait till after the Sabbath. And so Jesus rested on the Sabbath in the tomb. And then watch what happens on Luke chapter 24, in Luke chapter 24, verse 1. It says, Now on the first day of the week, Very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. And so after resting on the Sabbath, Jesus rises from the dead on the first day of the week, which is Sunday. The whole Christian world is virtually united on this. And if that is the case, then that makes the day that we call Saturday the seventh day of the week. And if that's not good enough, proof for you. Amazingly, in over 150 languages in our world today, they use the word for Saturday as the Sabbath. They call Saturday the Sabbath. Listen to this. And my, my Spanish isn't great, but Sabado, that is for Sabbath. Uh, in German, it's Samstag. In Italian, it's Sabato. In Russian, it's Subota. In Latin, it's Sabatum. All of these words are the Sabbath, and it's all in reference to Saturday. And you say, hang on a minute, Sharissa, you're going very fast. How do you know that the weekly cycle has never changed? How do you know that the day we call Saturday is still the seventh day of the Bible? And that's an excellent question. I'm glad you asked it. Well, Aside from the fact that if you do some interesting research, aside from the fact that you will discover that the leading astronomers in our world today all testify that the weekly cycle hasn't changed, never forget that the Sabbath was kept faithfully by the Jewish nation for over 4,000 years. And they faithfully kept record of the Sabbath throughout history. So it's highly unlikely that on one Sabbath morning, the entire Jewish race woke up, the whole nation woke up, and they forgot that it was the Sabbath. In fact, religious leaders from many different denominations in our world today, they actually agree with what the Bible has just shared with us. I'll just share with you two examples. The first comes from uh, the Anglican Manual of Christian Doctrine, page 127. It says there, Is there any command in the New Testament to change the day of weekly rest from Saturday to Sunday? None. That's amazing. Here's another one from the Baptist Church. Uh, It's from Dr. Edward T. Hiscox, author of the Baptist Manual. He said this, There was and is a commandment to keep holy the Sabbath day, but the Sabbath day was not Sunday. It will be said, however, with some and with some show of triumph, that the Sabbath was transferred from the seventh to the first day of the week. Where can the record of such a transaction be found? Not in the New Testament, absolutely not. There is no scriptural evidence of the change of the Sabbath institution from the seventh to the first day of the week. And many people... They say, well, what about keeping Sabbath on Sunday in honor of the resurrection of Jesus? And that's another good question, because according to the Bible, there are eight texts that talk about Sunday, or at least the first day of the week. And not one of them actually tells us that you and I should keep Sunday in honor of the resurrection of Jesus. That's just the truth. There isn't a single statement in the Bible that says that God moved the Sabbath 
to Sunday. He moved the special blessing he placed on the seventh day to the first day of the week. And actually, when Jesus was speaking about a time after his resurrection, when Jerusalem would be destroyed, he said this in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 20. He said to his people and pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. That is, Jesus didn't assume that the Sabbath would be done away with after his resurrection. He was expecting that his people would continue to keep this day holy even until that time. And we know from history that Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 AD. And so you see, according to the Bible, The commemoration of the resurrection of Jesus, according to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4, it is not keeping Sunday, but actually it is following Jesus in baptism. Just as Jesus was buried and he was raised from the dead, so too in baptism, when you and I are buried beneath the waters of baptism and when we rise to newness of life, That is how we commemorate the resurrection of Jesus, according to Scripture. I have an uncle who, when he was sharing these things with his friends, he challenged them. He said, I will give you everything that I own if you can just find for me one Bible text that tells me that we should be keeping Sunday instead of Saturday. And he still has all his things and he still has all of his money because that text just simply doesn't exist. And you would expect that if God was going to make such a major significant change, you would expect that he would do so very clearly and that you would find it in the Bible. I mean, right now, laws have been changing in our own country. As social distancing laws have been implemented, uh, many people have been confused over, is it okay for us to go to the beach or should we be allowed to play golf because it's still trying to work out the barriers and the boundaries of the laws of social distancing. So you and I could expect that if God's going to make a change as big as the Sabbath, he would make it very clear to us. There will be no question. So if God didn't change his law, and if you can't find any verse in the Bible that says that he did, then why do so many Christian churches today disregard the Sabbath and keep Sunday? History offers us only one answer, and it is this. Sunday observance was imported into Christianity by the Roman church-state system, and they got it from pagan sun-worship cults of the Roman Empire. In fact, the Converts Catechism of Catholic Doctrine in 1977, on page 50, it put it this way. Question, which is the Sabbath day? Answer, Saturday is the Sabbath day. Question, why do we observe Sunday instead of Saturday? Answer, we observe Sunday instead of Saturday because the Catholic Church transferred the solemnity from Saturday to Sunday. Can we change God's law? Not at all. And the reason why is because it points back, the Sabbath at least, points back to an established fact. For example, July 4 is celebrated as Independence Day. Why? Because the Declaration of Independence, it was signed on July 4. In order for that to change, 
history would have to rewind and rerun itself so that the change could happen. Because no matter what you do, if you celebrate Independence Day on another day, it will never change the fact that that declaration was signed on the 4th of July. It's the same with your birthday. You are born on a particular day. And no matter how many of your friends decide they want to celebrate your birthday on another day, it doesn't actually make it so. Because as long as a fact's a fact, You can't change a fact, and that's a fact. Satan can't stand it when we choose to love and follow Jesus. This is why in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 7, the Bible says the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring. And what's their characteristic? Who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. God's end-time people will be a people who are ready for Jesus to come. They are ready for the end of the world. Why? Because they are people who love Jesus supremely and they demonstrate that love through keeping his commandments, all of them. Jesus said in John 14 verse 15, If you love me, he said, keep my commandments. As we close, I'm thinking of Revelation chapter 14 and verse 12 which says, here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. They don't keep most of God's commandments. They keep all of them. The Sabbath has such far-reaching significance to God that he says, not only was the Sabbath made in Eden and it will extend through time, but he says it will also be kept in the new heavens and then in the new earth. Check this out. In Isaiah 66, verse 22 and 23, God says, For as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your descendants and your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. Ah, the Sabbath was an Eden before sin. And the Bible tells us that God says that after sin is gone, the Sabbath will be a continual symbol of God's restoration of us and of this world because of his amazing grace. And friends, if we're going to be worshiping God in heaven, if we're going to be worshiping God and keeping the Sabbath in his kingdom, then why not start today? Satan has managed to persuade so many of us to think that Jesus abolished the Sabbath on the cross. But did he abolish and do away with the commandment to not murder, to not commit adultery, to not steal? They're all part of the ten. Not at all. Friends, Jesus didn't abolish the Sabbath. He filled it up with special meaning and he showed us what it means. The Sabbath isn't legalism. The Sabbath is loving God. It's finding rest in him. It's finding, it's trusting him with your life. And the very cross of Calvary is powerful proof for you and I that God's law cannot be changed. If God could have changed his law to save the life of his son so that God the Son would never have had to die. He would have, but he couldn't. You see, the the law is a little bit like a mirror. And my grandma, she gave me this. It's a mirror. And I don't know if you can tell that just from the camera here, but the law of God is like a mirror. 
the Bible says that sin is the transgression of the law. And so it shows me as I look into the mirror where there might be defects in my life, where there might be things in my life that do not conform to what the beautiful character of Jesus is. And the Bible says as I look into God's perfect law of liberty is what the Bible calls it. It shows me where sin is in my life. Why? So that I can look to Jesus. And I can confess my sin to him and I can come to him and say, Lord, please be my savior. And then he promises that he will do just that. You see, without the law, you would have no sin. And if you have no sin, you would have no need for Jesus to come and be your savior. This is why Paul says in Ephesians 2 verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Keeping God's law doesn't save us. Only Jesus saves us. But keeping God's law is a testimony that our love for him is real. Because as I said before, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. As I close, if I had a piece of white cloth and I put it on the ground and I started walking all over it and you saw me do it, it wouldn't probably upset you, but you'd think I'm a little bit strange. Or perhaps if I took a piece of red cloth and I, again, threw it on the ground and I walked all over it and maybe I rubbed it in the mud. Well, now you're thinking I'm even stranger, but you wouldn't stop me from doing it. If I took a piece of blue cloth and did the same, maybe even if I started to set the blue cloth alight, you wouldn't stop me, but you'd certainly think this is different. If I took those pieces of cloth and I stitched them together and I put them together so that it made something like this, a flag, (laughs) this is the Australian flag, but it's got red, it's got white, and it's got blue in it. If I put those pieces of cloth cloth together and then I threw this piece of material on the floor, and if I threw this on the floor and walked all over it, then you would have a problem. Why? Because the flag stands for something. This stands for something. It represents my country. And friends, the Sabbath of Jesus, the Sabbath that God has given to us, it represents him. It stands for something. It stands for the fact that God is our creator and he is our redeemer. The Sabbath isn't a holiday. It's a holy day. It reminds us that God must come first in all things, which means if I have a choice between working on the Sabbath and earning money or worshiping God, then the Bible makes clear what the answer to that choice is. I must follow Jesus. I must put him first because the Sabbath is not just a matter of days. It is a matter of masters. God wants to bless you. That's the reason why he has shared this truth with you right now. Satan knows that God wants to bless you. And he knows the special blessing of God rests on the seventh day. So believe me, he's going to do all he can. He'll provide every excuse you need to try and not keep it. He'll tell you your spouse won't be happy or that you'll lose your job or that the majority, how could the majority possibly be wrong? How would God keep you out of heaven for not obeying him in just one little thing? But friends, the Sabbath is like a link in the chain. If the link in the chain is broken, the relationship is broken. And so whatever may have been your practice in the past, I want to appeal to you right now to follow Jesus. The discovery of new Bible truth, it always means that we have to make a change in our lives. Today, 
you can say that I'd rather have Jesus than the stresses of this life. Today, you can say that I would rather lay all my anxieties down and come to Jesus and rest in Him. I want to leave behind my burden of guilt and rest in the fact that I have a loving Savior who died for me and is going to come again to rescue me. Today, you can rest in the Jesus who the Bible says will make a new heavens and a new earth and you will rest in Him and remember as you rest that one day in eternity we're going to be keeping God's seventh day Sabbath and worshiping Him from Sabbath to Sabbath. Don't let anyone or anything keep you from this special blessing. I appeal to you today to follow Jesus. Let's pray. Our loving Father in heaven, thank you for the beautiful gift of the Sabbath. I pray that you would help us to be faithful to Jesus and to take the steps that we need to take to follow him. We need this blessing in our lives. We need rest and the rest that can only be found in you. Please give us the courage to step out and follow Jesus is our prayer in his name. Amen. In Ezekiel chapter 20 verse 12, God tells us that the Sabbath is a sign that he saves us. This might be the very first time that you have even heard of the Sabbath. So today I want to invite you to make a decision for Jesus. I want to invite you to say today, I choose to follow Jesus and I want to keep His seventh day Sabbath holy. Perhaps you've heard about this before and maybe you've been fighting conviction over this decision for years. Today, you can make your choice to say, I believe that God created this world in six days and then He rested on the seventh. And because I believe that Jesus is my Redeemer and my soon coming King, I choose today to honor Him and keep His seventh day Sabbath holy. Making a decision to follow Jesus is sometimes difficult because there are things we have to give up. But when truth demands a change in our lives, it's because God wants to bless us more than we could ever ask or think. So I pray that God will bless you as you respond to Jesus today. You've been listening to The End. For more information about this program or any of this show's free offers, visit www.theend.digital.